You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. We're finishing Psalm 23 today, and this is how it ends. With the beautiful words that she showed us. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to talk a little bit, bit more about that goodness and mercy following us in a little bit. But right off the bat, I, w- I want to note with you that the house, this house of the Lord, is less of a place than it is God's presence, an awareness of God's presence with us everywhere. And so God wants to be with you is the main point of this message and and maybe of this whole psalm as I'm seeing it today. God wants to be with you. God delights in you. God wants to take care of you. And that's nothing but a good thing, but because uh, as we've been talking about over, the, over these past few weeks, we thrive in that relationship, in that su- surrender, in that companionship, on, on whatever level we're able to, to experience it or, or believe it in trust and kind of move um, with that awareness. God always has a loving eye on us. But when, when the attention is mutual, like when we're aware of God's presence, amazing things happen. God and human beings are meant to be together. We're, we're good together in, the, in that place of mutual attention. And I think that's our deepest place of belonging and aliveness. So before we move on, let's, let's pray and ask God for more of that awareness right now. Jesus, thank you for a time to be together with you, even in this exciting moment before the big game. Thank you for our great city, for everyone who lives in it. I pray that you would be extra near to us tonight, not just in this room, but all all around the neighborhood, all the neighborhoods of the city. Um, And that this year would bring opportunities to know you more, to know who you really are and your love for us. And allow that, God, to grow our love and care for one another. In Jesus' name. So I had to watch Silver Linings Playbook again last night um, to kind of increase the good juju for this game, even though I don't really believe in that. Um, but also because it's a great Philadelphia story um, with one of my favorite movie scenes of all time in it. Becca and I watched it together. So in this scene, Jennifer Lawrence is falling in love with Bradley Cooper. This does relate to the psalm, by the way. <laughs> Jennifer, Lawrence is, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper's characters are falling in love. And, um, but because of Jennifer Lawrence's like, reputation and her past 
in the movie and, and like general misogyny. Um, she has to prove her love for Bradley Cooper. And so she uses Robert De Niro's character's um, superstitious beliefs about when the Eagles win or lose to prove that she and Bradley are, are in fact good together. And so it might be a stretch, but beyond the, um, the like initial confrontation and the F words in this scene, see if you can pretend that Jennifer Lawrence is actually like God, um, like Jesus talking about how good you and God are together and that good things happen when you're together. <laughs> Thank you, Josh, for making this work. Who is this? We need Who's to talk this? right now. When you make a serious commitment to somebody, it is not cool to not show up. Wait a second. I tried to call. Oh my God, what's Who is happening? This? I call. I tried this? to call you, Tiffany. I oh, really? Yes. I told you I was going to split my time with my dad and you, and my dad was pulling me in one direction. Dr. Patel, well, that Ronnie. That's great, Pat. That's great for all of them, but all of them didn't make a commitment to me in return for my help. I'm Tiffany, by the way. What is this craziness with Tiffany Maxwell? That's no craziness. I told you this who she no, was. I was doing this thing with her. We had a conversation. Nuts. When you started spending time with her, it all fell apart. This is the, the fucking reason right here. You think I fucked up all the Eagles, Juju, don't you? Ever, ever since. Ever since he was with you. Ever since you he was... You think that... I'm why today's happened. That's right. You are why I'm today's happened. I'm the reason happened. why today happened. I think so. Let's talk about that. Be my guest. The first night that Pat and I met at my sister's, the Eagles beat the 49ers handily 40 to 26. The second time we got together, we went for a run, and the Phillies beat the Dodgers 7 to 5 in the NLCS. She's right, Dad. The next time we went for a run, the Eagles beat the Falcons 27 to 14. Wow. The third time we got together, we had Raisin Bran in the diner, and the Phillies dominated Tampa Bay in the fourth game of the World Series 10 to 2. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Well, let me think about that. Wait a minute. Well, why don't you think about when the Eagles beat the Seahawks 14 to 7? He was with you? He was with me. We went for a run. Really? That's crazy. There have been no games since Pat and I have been rehearsing every day. And if Pat had been with me like he was supposed to, he wouldn't have gotten in a fight. He wouldn't be in trouble. Maybe the Eagles beat the New York Giants. She's making a lot of sense, Pop. That's all right on all counts. Does anybody here happen to know? with the official motto of the state of New York is on the official seal of the state of New York? Mm -mm. Huh, anybody? Do you, do you know? No, no. Excelsior, oh, look it up. Really, what? Yeah, oh. Excelsior. Oh, Pat. Oh. Not that I give a fuck about football or about your superstitions, but if it's me reading the signs, I don't send the Eagles guy whose personal motto is Excelsior to a fucking Giants game, especially when he's already in a legal situation. Unbelievable. Wow. This is unbelievable. How did you know all that stuff? I did my research. I gotta say I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah, I gotta rethink this whole thing. I didn't trust her before, but I gotta say, now I do. Oh, now you like her, Dad? <laughs> Thank you, Josh. So good. So, just like Jennifer Lawrence pursues Bradley Cooper in this movie, I think that God pursues us. And the psalm, the psalm really talks about that, like Megan was talking about, how, it's, how it shifts from God 
leading us like a shepherd to God coming behind us and pursuing us with love. And honestly, this is probably the most comforting thing about God's character to me, that God loves us first, that God pursues us. Because I, I don't know about you, but if my relationship with God was just up to me and my capacity and willingness, I don't know where I'd be. I, I probably wouldn't be here. I know I wouldn't be here, actually. But God has pursued me. God pursues us. Your mercy and love will follow me. And one of my favorite I'm sure you can think of evidence of this in your own life. But one of my favorite bits of evidence um, on this matter is a poem written a few centuries ago by Francis Thompson called The Hound of Heaven. And um, it has since been made into a movie and kind of inspired many other things like um, Tolkien actually, who, you know, wrote The Lord of the Rings, was inspired by Francis Thompson's work. And um, it's basically a long poem comparing God to a little dog who, that keeps running after us, kind of like grace nipping at our heels. Um, even when we're, even through all of our running and hiding, the hound of heaven um, keeps coming. And the poet wrote this from personal experience. He became addicted to opioids. He dropped out of medical school. Um, he even became homeless. And in the midst of that struggle, he sensed Jesus never giving up on him. And always uh, he sensed God like trying to gently break through his despair. And so the poem, the poem starts, it's very long, so I won't read you the whole thing, but it starts out with these words. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind. And in the midst of tears, I hid from him and under running laughter. Up vistaed, vistaed hopes I sped and shot precipitated adown titanic glooms of chasmed fears from those strong feet that followed and followed after. So God kept coming. And, and, and Jesus followed after this poet through people too. Like we wouldn't even have his poetry if this uh, very kind Jesus-following couple um, who had eight kids of their own wouldn't have like taken him in off the streets of London and cared for him. That's how we have his work and how he influenced J.R.R. Tolkien and, and everything. Um, God pursues us and pursues us through others. Because God's love is not inert. It's active through the movement of the spirit all around the world, drawing people to God's self. You know, just like Jesus said, if I'm lifted, he promised if he would be lifted up from the earth, that he would draw all people to him. And I think that that's what we get to experience now. What's up, Mabel? 
Um, and so it's all, it's all about God's reaching and God's pursuit. It's not about our ability to turn and grab it. It's not about the promise of a perfect life if we are able to turn around and, and really grab it either. It's mostly about God not giving up, about grace nipping at our heels, longing to redefine every single thing that we thought was a mistake or an accident about us. And I think that some of us, like myself, need to keep hearing this because we're more likely to hide in our hard working efforts to kind of prove our, our, um, our worthiness. Um, we might feel like our sins and failures are pursuing us more than this goodness and mercy <laughs> that the psalm is talking about. Some of us think that bad luck is always pursuing us or chaos or rejection. But the psalmist is drawing us to this deeper truth that the hound of heaven is quicker and realer. The good shepherd who loves us is pursuing us, full of unconditional delight in us. And I know that's hard to believe. And that's why we need to keep returning. We need to keep listening to close our eyes and see with our other eye, like the poet Rumi said. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Being aware of God's loving presence changes us. So this active, this active thing from God, this active love, this movement from God, doesn't leave us the same either. It changes us, it helps us know even through increasingly increasing challenges of life that we belong and we can stand in that truth no matter what else we're hearing we can stand in that truth this week i was so blessed to meet a real live good shepherd here in south philly she pastors at a church the church of the crucifixion on bainbridge and um her hanging on to this, I think I have a slide of her, Josh. Her hanging on to this truth from Jesus allows her to share it with her people, Reverend Jesse Alejandro. She's the first Latina Episcopal priest. And recently, she was telling me how her higher-ups wanted... I think they wanted to kind of show her off, and so they were like giving her a bunch of money. They were offering her a bunch of money to travel and speak in Jerusalem and other places that she really wanted to go. But meanwhile, like not like fixing like basic things like the bathrooms in the building where her people meet. And she was, and she said no. She said no. You can um, you can keep your trip. You guys got to use that money to fix some basic things for us so that we can worship together all week long. She said, my people need stuff, and I'm not going to benefit from this work without them. She's a good shepherd. A good shepherd cares for their sheep. And the shepherd that I've been learning most from in this, in this psalm series um, 
He tells a story at the end of the psalm uh, around this verse of a, the sheep rancher next door on, on one of the, I think he went through two different properties in his sheep ranching life. But the first one, there was a rancher next door who didn't care about his sheep. And that you could tell from the grass and especially from the way the sheep looked, they were, they were thin, they were sickly, they had diseases. And um, he felt so bad because he would see these poor sheep like coming up to the fence and like looking longingly over at his nice grass and his fat sheep. And um, one time, in, in a season around low tide, these other sheep snuck into his, some of them snuck into his field and they started eating this rich, nutritious grass that he had growing there and they got sick because they ate too much of the good stuff too fast. Um, and their uncaring owner came over and got them and instead of nursing them back to health, slit their throats, just disposed of them. And this particular shepherd was reflecting on the, the, um, the other owners out there. You know, Jesus talks about this too, um, you know, all over the New Testament. Other owners who might try to direct our lives um, in, in various ways and how they don't care about us as much as God does. I firmly believe this, the economy that would work us to death, our culture that values some people over others, you know, the messages about ourselves that we might have picked up as kids from a variety of places that were not from the Good Shepherd. These are, we're, we're, not, meant, we're not meant to feed on these. The Good Shepherd is here to show us what real love is. We're better off looking to the lover of our souls for truth and guidance. The shepherd who told that story noted that the sheep from the other ranch didn't come through the gate. And I have a final slide here of, of sheep trying to you know, sneak in without going through the gate. And, and he was sad, he was so sad about that because he was reflecting on how if he had, if these sheep had come through the gate, he would have been able to receive them and make sure they got cared for. Um, and so I think it's no coincidence that Jesus calls himself the gate because he would like to relate to us. God would like to relate to us personally. And I, I mean, we can see in the actual person of Jesus, the incarnation, how God went through great lengths to um, relate to us literally as human beings in all of our human struggles. Understanding our dilemmas to the point of even feeling them. That's the kind of God we have. And so the invitation is for us to turn, like Meg said, or, or simply to call out in, in the way that we can I was just in closing, I was thinking this week about how my mom actually did this when she was like kind of out of the blue in her early 20s. She was um, 
desperately running from this mobster boyfriend and she had dropped out of UArts and she was addicted to drugs and having only been to church once in her childhood, she finds herself in this desperate moment in her early 20s and just cries out to God and says, Jesus, if you are real, I need you to help me right now. And he did. And it's kind of one of those unexplainable things, but I'm thinking Jesus was the gate. Um, something happened on that night to, to the mobster boyfriend's car, like on his way to do whatever he had threatened to do to her because she had left him. And she never touched another, she never touched a drop of alcohol and drugs in her life after that moment. But best of all, she said she was filled with this peace and love that she had never known in her life before. And so the hound of heaven runs after us too. The hound of heaven keeps coming. And to be aware of his presence is the invitation to us now. To receive the, good, the goodness and mercy he not only brings, but he sees in each one of us. So let's, let's pray now to, to stay with him, to dwell in the house that he makes for us. Jesus, thank you for the truth of who you are. To be honest, it's hard for us to, to see it and feel it and believe it at times in this crazy world. I pray that you would, you would keep bringing it to our awareness, that you would be like um, the grace that is nipping at our heels, helping us to redefine and reimagine the circumstances of our lives and even who we are. Help us to know that we belong and that everyone belongs. Help us to live that truth in ways that are transformative in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our city. Thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. I almost said go birds at the end of that prayer. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.